The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. The October 4th edition of the PFF Forecast. We're going to talk about the NFL for a little bit. We've got questions from the dark web, college pick of the week, some NFL future values, and then NFL picks. Let's rock. Let's rock. By the way, that is the Lulls. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't shouted them out in a while. So. Right. They are pretty cool. They're, they've got through a couple transformations. I went to college with one of the guys in the band. That's how we got this sick Like, like a linear beat. transformation? or eh, Kind of. <laughs> but you should check them out. The Lulls, they're on iTunes and Spotify. They've got some new stuff that's come out. Pretty mellow. Pretty chill. But sometimes it's what you're looking for. Okay, we're a quarter of the way through the NFL season. It feels, would you say, like it's taken a week maybe? It has felt like it's just breezed by. It was week one, and now it's week four. I think everyone feels that way. That doesn't surprise me, but it is worth noting. But then at the same time, it has felt like the Sundays take like 36 (laughs) hours to happen. The Sundays take three days, and then it's Thursday. (laughs) So it it was Sunday morning or Monday morning, two hours ago it's now. Thursday, Thursday, Thursday is the cleansing day, right? Mm-hmm. You you have to forget everything that happened the past week and regenerate your batteries all in a day to get ready for this week. We've got what I think will at least be an intriguing game for a quarter: Pat's Colts. Wow! We'll talk about that. wow fire. So we go we go from picking the Colts. Now to I've, I'm not here to talk about the past. Well, we know that, but the thing is, is, so the Colts are a team that we've liked, and I think we'll still like after tonight. But th- you're basically saying, and I think our model is saying that you know New England sort of hit their stride last week. The Colts are a little bit down, defense, a lot of injuries, and so we're going to see a high scoring game, but most of the points by New England. Yeah, I don't, I don't see where you're wrong. Who says no? Who says no? Who says no? You know, Sony PlayStation Michelle really came on last week. I do think it's going to be because of the running game. I'm just kidding. Can you imagine if they took a real football player? Well, the, that, that was now harsh. That, the, now that, that the, was harsh. Now that the Browns started that was taking way real, too mean. Re, real football players. That was really mean. That was not what I meant to say. A football player that's valuable. That plays a position who's valuable. Mm-hmm. Such a joke. The Patriots took a running back in the first round. I, like, that's I, amazing to no, me. No, we said this. We said this in this very room during draft day. It was the Patriots like basically throwing out a sacrificial pick to screw with the entire league. Now, mm-hmm. now obviously with uh, Fool the Seahawks. Isaiah Wynn. Hey, Rashad Penny almost has as many rushing yards as Josh Allen. Get off his back. Okay? So the Isaiah Wynn pick not working out so far because of the injury, you know, makes it look worse. But I do I honestly like there's thirty three percent of me thinks it was li- it was just like a decoy. I don't it's fine. Um. All right, let's let's do our three questions right now. This will these are the three questions that we have going into week four, and our goal will be 
on Monday morning at 3 a.m. to answer them. That uh, that podcast, by the way, did not go so well <laughs> last week. We couldn't hear you. We had to record, re-record. That was fun. I just, I just, as much as I can, want to talk about how hard my life is and how tough it is to travel um, on Sunday night. I know yeah. you guys care about hearing about how hard my life is while you're working your job on a Thursday and I'm recording a podcast. Yeah, and, and I think the listeners really do want to listen to you how appreciate hard, that. Yeah, and 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 how hard my life is with two kids and a and a and a wife that that cooks for me and all that good it stuff. It is so a it's challenge. Like, it's it's so hard. You cook a lot though. I do cook a lot. I not well, but I, I didn't say well. I said a lot. I'm a volume. As, <laughs> I'm a volume, not an efficiency guy. <laughs> all right. Question number one for week four: Kansas City and the Rams. Wow, I've never we haven't talked about them yet. Let's make sure we talk about the Chiefs and the Rams. Are the two top teams at this moment not in that particular order? Will anything happen this week to change that? Yeah, so we had this. I think we had this question. Oh, wow. Yeah, last Long week. Question. But I think the question. You know actually, you can talk to me, right? I think the question actually remains, though. You know that I can hear you when you talk. Right. Like you could say that's the wrong question. That is the wrong question. Okay. Thank you. But we, I mean, it is actually decent to explore no. this. Which no, it's not. Let's let's do the three questions that we outlined. New England plays tonight, right? And the the Rams play this week. They have kind of an they have a Seahawks team on the road. That's not a trivial spot. They're favored by seven. They should win. Kansas City has a non-trivial opponent this week in Jacksonville. Okay. So it is it is actually something okay. that we can let's ask this question then. Yeah, can the New England Patriots be the top team in the NFL after this week? Uh, no, I don't think so. They win 51-10. Kansas City loses by four. And the Rams are down most of the game and have to come back in the fourth quarter. No. I think, I think the, Rams, the Rams and the Chiefs' body of work so far this season exceeds that of what the Patriots' prior strength uh, exceeded their prior strength. Here's my hot take. The Chiefs are great. They're not... They're not in the Rams tier, in my opinion. I, I, well, here's the, here's the issue. I think if the Rams are healthy defensively, you're absolutely correct. I think with their corners being hurt-ish, Sam Shields is older than both of us playing corner in the NFL. I think right now there's defen- a lot of NFL players that are older. <laughs> I think that their defense, I think their defenses are closer than people imagine, and hence their offenses are similar. So I think they are in the same tier. All right, I just think that the Chiefs' defense it doesn't exist. There is no, there are no players on the field when they play defense. It's a joke. But I think so far, though, it takes Case Keenum throwing the ball outside of the field of play half the time for that defense to keep. Yeah, I mean, their 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 opponent adjusted pass rush has not been terrible. Like your top ten right. this year so D4 far. Right, D Ford has been good. I do think that the I think the Patriots can jump the the Chiefs this week. Okay, that's that's what I I, I think the Rams are by far the most complete team in the NFL. I don't think it's even close. And even if you know they struggle for a part of that game in Seattle, I don't think that changes. Whereas I think we could see with the Chiefs that when their defense just gets torched, at some point you're not going to be super efficient offensively for the entirety of the game. That happened in Denver. They were not efficient for the entirety of the game. They got the benefit of playing a quarterback that is, has turned back into a pumpkin. 
Yeah, I I would say that the I would say that their win in Denver is more impressive than you're giving it credit for. But I do agree that why they, because they sucked for three quarters. No, because like Den, Denver in the first half of the season is difficult for opponents statistically. Right? Shut up. They were they were behind by two scores in the fourth. They're quarter. professional athletes, and you're you're I, saying I, that it's hard to play. Come on, man. I mean, okay, so so what, how would you explain the fact so, that Denver— So it's hard to play in Denver, and yet they were terrible at the beginning of the game, and all of a sudden in the fourth so quarter, you got their win. The they were terrible at the descended. beginning of the game. They didn't, score, they didn't score 35 in the first half like they did against the other they teams. Were not, they were not—you are saying they were good at the beginning of the game. I'm not saying they were good. I'm not saying—you're saying that they were the, you know— Arizona Cardinals in the first half of that no, game. No, they were very average in the beginning. Okay, the, 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 the well, very that game. average. And then they came back and won in a place that's very difficult to play. Yeah, against Case Keenum. Right, and the Denver defense, which is not a yep. pumpkin. Okay, the Denver yeah. defense is fine. Yeah. Um, but when you have – it's easy to come back on a team when you're down three on the scoreboard but up four in reality. Well, of course, but that's not – Right, like if you're facing a quarterback and, a, and an offense that has some sort of clue about – how the game of football works yeah. then but how many te- how many teams been behind by three against denver on the road are actually up four that's a good point i'll give you that so it's like three or four their teams. offense is fantastic yeah so, so three or four teams but i yeah i would say that number is bigger given it's denver okay that's it was a big three and out that they got in between those two touchdown drives it was a big three and out that case keenum gave them yes okay you should never have a three and out against the Chiefs when you don't need when you need to drive down the field. That's my point. All right, next uh, let's actually do our questions from this week. We're we're gonna move quicker, quickly. More Speed quickly. is important. Yep. Which uh, one in three team has the best chance of making something out of their season? Uh, Colts, Lions, Falcons, Steelers are one, two, and one. So we'll, we'll count them. keep them. They have one win. Which one win team? Yeah, and we obviously omitted teams like Buffalo and everything because, but. Uh, hurtful, <laughs> truthful. Um, so all three of the or all four of these teams are in divisions with three and one teams, right? So there's not like this like argument to be made of oh this there's just more openings here. Um, I will say though that I think the AFC South is a little bit less top heavy mm-hmm. um, than these other divisions, um, right? So the Falcons, you have to catch the Saints. That's going to be tough. If you're the Steelers, you have to catch Baltimore and Cincinnati. That's going to be tough. Lions, I guess the the NFC North still has Aaron Rodgers, right? So that's going to be an issue. I think the Colts have probably the easiest chance. Maybe you know if they if they have an upset tonight, I think that they're alive, right? And even no if kidding. they <laughs> and even if they don't, even if they don't, I still think that they're a team that can make some headway in the AFC at least. I should think. I think given that they're ten and a half point, eleven point dogs, we should assume they lose tonight. So as a one and four team, do you still think that they can make some? Sure, the AFC is not a strong conference. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers started one and four, zero and four last year, but one and four last year, and still were comfortably in position to compete for a wild card, even a division at the end of the season. I think, yeah, like I said, the, I think the AFC South is a little bit more squished than people will give it credit for, and the Colts get to play all those teams moving forward. So, um, you know, Andrew Luck improved a lot. I think as the game went on the other day, I think he's, you know, his prospects for the season are bright. So, I like that one. What about you? I don't disagree with the Colts. The, the best team in this group is the Falcons, and I still have hope that they can figure out a way to play defense that isn't catastrophically bad. Their offense, top three, four, their offense is amazing. So mm-hmm. 
the thing that worries me with the Colts is they lose like when T.Y. Hilton gets hurt, they just disintegrate. Like their offense is, you know, I I think tonight could be kind of scary for the Colts. Yeah, the, the Atlanta Falcons, sixty percent of their early down passes have generated positive expected values. They're so amazing. They're really good. The the um, Falcons' ability to play offense has gone from not zero to one hundred, but sixty to one hundred very quickly. Well, and here's another thing. So their defense on early down passes are not like as successful as their defense has shown they've really struggled to get off the field on third down i think that's a pretty unstable thing so if you want to look through the world in black and red colored glasses that's the one to look at and say okay if they get a little bit more third down luck you know they possibly could improve enough uh to get into that mix in the nfc the thing about the nfc that's interesting okay here's the other thing the falcons have faced the saints and the Bengals in back-to-back weeks both good offenses so yeah, I Carolina, think, too, is a good offense. Right. So I think we need to pump the brakes for a second. Next question. Um, if you could redraft the top five, how would it go? Top five in this last NFL draft was Baker Mayfield, Saquon Barkley, Sam Donald, Denzel Ward, and Bradley Chubb. With the first pick in the NFL draft, are you taking someone other than Baker Mayfield? No. Okay. Second pick, the Giants. Who are you taking? Uh... The answer is Josh Rosen. See, I was going to say somewhere between Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen. You're jumping on 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 Rosen's bandwagon after a game and a half. I, st- I am a thousand percent on the Rosen bandwagon. His game and a half in one game in one game. Forget when he came in for Sam Bradford down a bazillion. His one game, he made fifteen times more impressive throws than Sam Darnold's made this entire season. Uh, I don't disagree. I just would say and he, and he has a you're making a projection cast. there. Yeah, no. Yes, so, you're making a projection everywhere. <laughs> These guys have not played at all. Right. So okay. So Rosen and Darnold go two three for you. Which one? Yeah. Where are you going with them? I mean, I to me it's a toss up depending. We on have what to you want. pick one. That's how this works. Okay. I'm going with Darnold to be different, and then Rosen third. Okay. Well, at least you're wrong, and yeah, you're right with the first Christ. pick, wrong with second. Um, here's. I'll just say one more thing about the Rosen thing. UCLA being a total dumpster fire this season. <laughs> is just adding a little bit to the whole Josh Rosen played with garbage, like total garbage at UCLA. And I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah. I think the guy, the, the, um, he, he just has a tremendous amount of pride in himself and wants to be, you know, he wants to lift his team up. And I thought he made a lot of throws last year at UCLA where it was like, we have no shot in hell of winning this game unless I take a ton of risks. And I think, um, I don't think I know after watching that game that he's matured a little bit. Some of those throws that he made were incredible. So at four, you're going with McGlinchey, right, for Cleveland? I'm not really done talking about Josh fortifying Rosen. Fortifying the left, I'll left tackle I'll talk about Josh spot. Rosen later. Uh, at, at four. <laughs> for the Cleveland Browns? Oh, my God. You're going Mike with McGlinchey, McGlinchey right? Oh left tackle. God. Why are you time. doing this to me? <laughs> I am a Niners fan. I wrote a piece. I wrote an entire article. I hate writing. I wrote an entire article about how taking McGlinchey I hate. I don't want to, you know, second guess John Lynch, but Derwin James was the pick there, and I'm right. McGlinchey has been bad. Somehow Trent Brown is being used by a top ten NFL team, and Derwin James is the best of non quarterback so far. Uh, besides Saquon Barkley, yeah. Okay, so you're taking so at, with. With Cleveland's fourth pick, you're taking Derwin James. That's not even a, a – there's not even a scintilla of doubt there. I actually don't hate the pick that they made. Denzel Ward. I was going to say, I, I think that's – that. 
redrafting now, I would take Derwin James because he's been amazing. But Denzel Ward is the second guy I would consider, and it's pretty close. Mm-hmm. And okay. I would say the the value of a cornerback is probably right. going to push me towards Ward. Okay, so James. you're going to take Ward and then James and then James. I am going to go James because I'm not drafting. Posi- I'm just going to take the best player that can cover. Oh, I, I I thought you said best player available. I'm like, I thought you were going to say Barkley. Best player that can that can cover. I, I mean, I, I that is the toughest one for me. Um, and then five, I'm going to take Ward, and I assume that you're going to take James. Who is uh, what is the worst pick in the first non? What is the worst non running back pick in the first round? Uh, that's a good question. What? Okay, so to me, it, it it's down to two thing, two picks. Yeah, okay? I know what they are. It's trading up to take Josh Allen at seven is yep. one. That's a bomb. And then the second worst, actually tied for second worst, are Vita Vey at twelve and Deron Payne at thirteen. You are correct. Next question that we have. So those are our top three. We'll redraft them again after this week just for fun. Last question. Minnesota-Philly, this game this week, is the second best game of the week? Yeah, probably. I don't know. It's one of the top three or four games of the week. Most compelling. Maybe not best. It might be one of the most compelling because of where these teams have been over the past couple of weeks and their expectations for this upcoming season. So the first question is, does this matter more for Philadelphia or Minnesota? Yeah, I mean that's that's the that's the question, right? Because I think if you're Minnesota, Chicago is leading you by a game and a half. Green Bay is probably Green Bay is far better than you at the most important position. Mm-hmm. Um, and to start out one three and one there would be, I think, you know, put a nail in the coffin of your division hopes, right? And right. when you put that much money into a quarterback and you bring every quote unquote everybody back that the expectations are such that you at least win the division, at least get back to the playoffs. I think that that puts a nail uh, in the coffin there. Uh-oh. Don't want to nail the coffin shut. This but early. so the difference is Philadelphia, of course, has a lot of the same issues, but I don't think that they're in a division where if they start out two and three, they're done, right? Because Washington has been impressive yeah. so far, but Dallas and, and the New York Giants are meh, right? So I do think it's bad that Philly has sleptwalked through the first you know four games or so. Um, but I don't think that that makes this game any more important. I agree. I wanted to disagree, but I kind of agree with you. Here, are you okay. in a disagreeable mood right now? The reason that this game is really interesting to me, though, is uh, something actually that our boss, Chris Collinsworth, brought up to me this weekend, which was the, co- the effect of coaching. And we're going to talk about coaching here in a second. So it's a nice little transition. The effect of coaching becomes really obvious the later you get into the season where you see a team the Patriots are a great example of this you see a team where they start out the season and they can't cover anybody that cornerback looks lost that safety can't figure anything out and because practice time is so limited the teams that can teach players to play in a season are going to have a much better chance of being good as the season goes on whereas you'll see teams that just they can't hold it together and I think that's going to be interesting for both these teams because they're they've sustained injuries you've got Minnesota a couple of injuries that missing Everson Griffin they have to play Anthony Barr Philadelphia can't cover anybody all of a sudden and I think we have high views of both those coaches so this game in my opinion is going to be which coach has figured it out more at this point and you know where I sit 
Yeah, so my thing with my thing with that is that if you look at those two coaches, Zimmer and Peterson, they're going to be going against each other. What is the easiest thing in the NFL to control? It's offense. Defense is more at the whim of what the opponent is doing, and hence, um, and hence, I think you know Peterson will have the advantage here in being able to pull, pull the lever better than than Zimmer does. We'll find out. Questions from the dark web this week, as usual, sponsored by Sampo Ranta. The sparkling water for men. People think this is in like a brown bag. Oh, really? Yeah, and so they think I'm I sometimes I open it in an Uber and the guy looks back at me like, What are you doing? It's water, it's a water bottle. I you know, I'm not these things are really expensive, so I wasn't gonna buy my own. I got it as a gift. And you're not gonna be like, ah, don't really like this uh wood coloring. Can you get me the pink one with sparkles? Sampo Ranta is coming out with a new flavor. It's a sparkling water for men. Finally. finally. They're coming out with a new flavor every week because men love two things, sparkling water and football, and we just need to give them more things uh, You know, that just very just really feel bad for men at a time like this. Yep, very much. Favorite, favorites simply haven't covered the first four weeks it's the way they normally really do. It's been really tough. Sampo Ranta's flavor this week is beer with a hint <laughs> of beer. It's subtle yet effective Sampo Ranta beer. The question this week is from friend of the podcast, Eric Brown, at Faux IDs. He says, hey, I've heard you guys and Sam and Steve briefly mention PFF's coaching rankings. Can you enlighten the good listeners as to what goes into that? Yes, we can. I'll set the table for you and let you dive in a little bit deeper. But the idea here is to say there are things that we know that you you can see watching a game where – it might not necessarily be that this guy's super good. It might not be that this defense is super talented, but somehow this team plays well. And you might see a play that is incredible that gets a guy wide open, and Jared Goff throws a catchable but inaccurate pass. Right, so we're not giving him a good grade for that. He's, I mean, he's getting a, a decent grade for it, but not an ex- incredible grade for it. Yet that play is successful. Mm-hmm. When I see that, I think coaching, coaching. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's it, right? So you look at, like, the things that we can measure at Pro Football Focus, which is how good a player plays on a given play, right? So, and there are things that we can't measure, which is all the interactions, all the intangible, like, and to some degree, we can measure in the interactions and the two being more than the sum of the parts. But essentially, what we can do is go through our play-by-play data and say, oh, this offense grades this well, this defense grades this well, what would we expect to happen on a play like this? And then what does happen? And, of course, on random plays, there are going to be things that just happen. But over the course of an entire season, those noisy things you know, iron out. And what we do get is we get some signal as to who are the best offensive coaches and who are the best defensive coaches. And this is how, you know, and this is how you know, when we talk about these, um, we talk about these you know, metrics, we end up seeing the coaches that you know, make some sense to us. And then it brings up names that we have to explore further. So for example, for our offensive coaching metrics, we see guys like Doug Peterson, Andy Reed, um, you know, Pat Shermer, Sean McVay, Bill Lazor, Bill. La- we see all those guys up top. Right. And that makes sense. And then it makes us look a little deeper at a guy like, uh, you know, Rob Chazinski, right. Or, or uh, even like, Bill, you know, Norv Turner, this one year has done pretty well. Yeah. We got to give Norv some credit. Yeah. And then defensively, obviously, you see guys like Jim Schwartz, right? You see guys like Dean Pease. And then you look and say, Dick oh, look. Fancio. Yeah. Matt Eberfluss has done a great job. And you look at that Colts defense, you're like, oh, yeah. I mean, 
you take away those two defensive touchdowns last week. They actually held Houston to under 20 points in regulation. Their defense, in terms of talent, is hot trash, right? So then there's obviously coaching. I don't know that. if they're even hot. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see tonight. It's like frozen cold garbage. All right, yep. those questions from the dark web. Let's go on to let's, – let's get into some picks. Before we get into some picks, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about mybookie.ag. Mybookie.ag is the only place to take the information that you get here and make some smart investments. MyBookie.ag offers every single bet type that you could possibly want. College, pro, you name it, they got it. They make it easy to cash out. We use it, and we love it, and that's why we think you guys should get involved as well. Use promo code PFF to get a dollar-for-dollar match on your first deposit. It just makes the NFL season better to to make some investments as you go. So head to MyBookie.ag, use promo code PFF. You play, you win, you get paid. Uh, Let's start with college here. So our college pick of the week, we actually really liked NC State. We were going to pick NC State. And college, the lines moved just Outrageous. all over the place. Yeah. So by the time we went to go record that pick, it had moved, and we decided to go back to our homeland, which is the Pac-12. So before we talk about this game, I just think it's interesting. We have picked a Pac-12 game, what, three of the f- four of the six weeks? The last three weeks. A lot of the time. And, and including Washington week one. And I think this is interesting because so few people watch Pac-12 games. It, so few people watch college in general that I think I, – I, I'm trying to stop saying I think, and that's Matt's job is to tell me to stop saying I think <laughs> and to tell me how long we have been in this podcast for. <laughs> and uh, so you need to do a better job of that. I don't think – I know that the Pac-12 – offers particularly a little bit more value especially a little more value we watch every game we grade every play of every play in college that's great but people simply can't keep track of the pac-12 and that offers us a little more efficiency with our lines than the market does so to palo alto we go nothing quite as lit as stanford on a saturday night i can tell you i grew up in that area it's amazing going to stanford frat parties when i was 15 and being like, ah, oh, these kind of these are kind of lame. It's the, you know that they're focused on football, then, right? It's amazing, and, and they're all playing tight end. It seems like with that the long hair. Saying they're lame is too much. They were not incredible. So, so yeah. So what we re- what I really like about you want to talk about that? More? No, no. What, what I really dive in. What I really like about the Pac-12 and college football in general is that there are there. It's not a closed system, right? You have teams in Division One play mm-hmm. Division Two, Division One AA or whatever it's called now, right. and then you have conferences that play each other. And so when you have a team like Utah, which we faded last week, Washington State came through for us, Utah has looked really good defensively so far, but in terms of their schedule, hasn't played nearly as tough of a schedule as Stanford, right? So mm-hmm. even though Stanford looks poor last week against Notre Dame, in Notre Dame, looks poor against Oregon – we like them minus five here because of things like the KJ Costello being a far better quarterback on a play-for-play basis, things that our, our grades track, uh, than uh, Hundley uh, for Utah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty confident in this pick. Unlike last week in Washington where that game started at, what, six? This game's going to start at 10.30 Eastern, so uh, make sure that you take a Saturday nap before you watch this one. Do you take a Saturday nap? No, but I, like I said before, I have two kids and a, and a wife. Your life is hard. You don't have a Saturday nap. Wow. I know, man. Amazing. Neither do I. You know I travel on Saturdays? Can't tell you. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Sometimes I have to connect. On the internets? You know what? No, no. Connect. Like, I have a stop. Like, connect for? Connect flights. Oh, okay. I've been t- I, sometimes I'm asked to buckle my seatbelt as well. 
you know how taxing that is mentally, physically? I just don't do it. I'm a renegade, though. <laughs> All right, so Stanford minus five. Stanford minus five. Watch our video, profilefocus.com, the YouTube channel, and we'll dive into it more for you. But what you need to know now is Cardinal minus five. Cardinal. All right. To the NFL we go. Thursday night, let's start off with that. It's an interesting one because the line is still, I believe, it's at 11 now. I think it's 11 now in my bookie. We have our market at 10.5, and, and we still like the Patriots. I'm looking at PFF Green Line, of course. That's where you can get all of the picks for every single game um, every week. <laughs> we actually like this game up and down. I am hesitant to go with the spread. I just think that's a lot of I, – I have no faith in the Colts, especially after that game, whatever. My, my thinking here is even if the Patriots crush them, Andrew Luck is good enough to put up a few points. The over-under at 50 right now is where I'd be headed, and I will take the over. Yeah, and that's actually gone down, so there's obviously been money on well, the Well, yeah, T.Y. Hilton is out. Right. I think that has to be the reason. Yeah, but at the same time, like the Patriots – are you know I think unlike last week which was very much going to be an over game until Miami you know until they got out ahead and then Miami sort of like you know put in the brockening right I think that this one's going to be one where the Patriots can get out ahead but the Colts as you said will be alive most mm-hmm. of the game in terms of uh luck, yeah, hopefully they're alive luck doing you know a lot of the things he did last week uh at home against Houston so uh, I do like the over I think New England's one of those teams again if they continue if they start to hit their stride like they did uh you know post week four last year they can cover this but it, it is going to be you know tricky it's 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 strange though remember last season week five they played Thursday night in Tampa and they I were something like three or three and a half point favorites Fast forward to this year, it does look like the market has sort of corrected possibly for this idea that the Patriots just kind of goof off the first. Well, it's the season. home thing. Yeah, you but yeah, I mean, it's not that much of the home thing. I mean, Tampa's Tampa last season is nowhere near as good as the Colts this year, right? Oh, interesting. So I think that the market probably doesn't have that different of a view. Of those two teams. Of those two teams. Yeah, that, I mean, that's not bad. That's not a bad take. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right, next game that you want to talk about. Pick one. Uh, let's go to our hometown here, the Cincinnati Bengals at home, giving laying five and a half hometown. against the Miami Dolphins of South Beach. I really like the Dolphins. I really like the Dolphins. Okay, I think the Bengals are a very good team. Here's my thinking. The Dolphins just got the you-know-what kicked out of them multiple times throughout Mm -hmm. the game at least three times a quarter actually they (laughs) looked worse than the score indicated it was really bad so the market hates the Dolphins because it doesn't take much to kill the Dolphins meanwhile the Bengals won a super tough tough game not a lot of regulations on uh, poaching anymore no Uh, (laughs) the the Bengals that game was crazy because they were down and out multiple times they I was sort of watching that game getting ready um to head to the Sunday night game. And I was like trying to watch this game and I wanted to end and I wanted Atlanta to win. Cause that's where our pick had ended up. And the Bengals got like 15 lives inside yeah. the red zone at the end of the game. I couldn't understand how that happened. Every time I looked up, it was first and 10 or first and five. Brutal. That was an emotional game. They lose Tyler Eifert. I don't know whether Tyler Eifert's the key to that offense, but when he's been out, Andy Dalton has not been as good. So if you're getting six and a half here, yeah, I think I, what 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 is the spread if the games played last week? That's see, that's a great way to think about it. I don't think it's more than five. 
Yeah, I think it's probably a field goal, right? Because, you, oh, you think it's that low? Yeah, because I think I think they're cons- it's five and a half right now. Yeah, I think they're considered equal teams, and then you know you come to the Natty and wow. you give the three to the Bengals. So here's the thing: <laughs> you don't just walk into Cincinnati and walk out with a victory. So Billy Price is out with an ankle. Tyler Eifert obviously issues there. Bernard Mixon both questionable. Ah, you know Ross, but like there's a ton of injuries on the ledger for the Bengals that I think are legitimate issues, right? Mm-hmm. And when you look at the Dolphins. A lot of their injuries, like William Hayes, et cetera, were baked in. And, William Hayes, Hayes. And, and so I think when you look at, if you look at like how are the Bengals going to move the ball against the Dolphins, it's going to be a little harder than I think people envision. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to watch this game. And, any, and I've never seen Tannehill play well, which means he's just going to be drawing from a different distribution in this game because I know he has played well before. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to be, you know, his means going to be higher here because I'm not going to be watching. So I do think he plays a better game this week. His pass rating when clean so far this year is 106.4. He has not been as bad. I mean, basically the same pass rating when clean as Dalton. So I think equal quarterbacks, injuries on the Bengals side, I do like uh, the, the Dolphins to cover here. All right, let's go to – don't want to give out every game. Just games that we're considering yeah. writing up in our article, which – look, if you're relying on our article for your picks of the week, please do not. You should just just get a PFF Elite subscription. You want to take advantage – I should have mentioned this at the beginning. The best way to bet on football is to bet on Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. So we have our Sunday night podcast, Monday morning podcast, where we're going to look ahead. We do all of our projections – in the middle of the night, dead tired for you because we work harder than anyone else, and it's very hard. And then you can place bets on Monday, and then on Tuesday we do a much more in-depth analysis. You can check those out. So you want to get this product because if you're waiting for Friday to read my S- stupid words, Sunday morning, you're an idiot. Right. So our numbers with respect do to not Tuesday, read our column. Absolutely, do not. Don't. Whatever number, you do. Our numbers with respect to Tuesday are far better than with respect well, to Sunday. Everyone's numbers are better right. Exactly. That's and, the point. And our look-ahead videos have been far better than our column, as, you, as we all expected. But nonetheless, that's important to say to because be I think people... expected. Let's talk about Atlanta-Pittsburgh. Oof. Okay. The, the Steelers looked really bad. I would say that the Steelers looked 20 times worse than the Falcons did. The Falcons' offense is still amazing. The Steelers struggle. Now, part of that is Baltimore, but they're home. They should be able to manufacture some kind of offense, and they weren't able to. The line right now is three and a half. I think it just moved to three and a half. So this is one of those rare occasions where I would be making a middle of the week, later, late in the week bet, getting the hook with Atlanta. Atlanta's finally an underdog. I think everyone's going to be like, oh, I can't take Atlanta, right, because of what's happened. They haven't been able to cover these sort of sizable spreads. Um, But as much of a must-win game as this is for the Steelers, this is more so, I think, for the Falcons. Yeah, and I think the difference here is I think Atlanta has some redeemable features to it. So Atlanta's offense is something that Antonio Brown is a redeemable feature. Right, but Big Ben's like lumbering around trying to get him the football down the – I mean, obviously Smith-Schuster – but like that has a material like the the right. Pittsburgh Steelers offense is as sluggish and as frustrating with no tantalization as frustrating as Atlanta's offense was at times last season, right? Yeah. Whereas Atlanta's offense I think is in full gear, right? If if they for that for Atlanta to become a good team, you need one thing to happen. You need their defense to be average. Mm-hmm. For Pittsburgh to be a good team, you need their defense to become average and their offense to start playing yeah. well. And Two that things. to me is that to me is too much okay. I think right now. Let me ask you this. Would you rather take the Falcons 
getting three and a half or the under 58. It's gone up to 58. Oh, the Falcons against the spread. The under, I, I hate. I, unders in today's NFL are off. I mean, the Monday night game, Den, Denver, Kansas City, we had the under, and that was a sweat. And that game was 3 3 after one, after one quarter. The yeah. like, offense is the king right now. This is why I kind of hate math because it's always like, hey, guys, don't, don't get ahead of yourselves. Yeah. Right, this is yeah. fifty. You have this to bake ridiculous. in the first four weeks of a random season that we have never seen before, and that yeah, so it's it's tough. So I would say Atlanta against the spread. Stay away. Next game you want to talk about? Uh, let's let's look at Arizona at San Francisco. Yes. Can't wait. I've been waiting to talk about this one all day. I'm so excited. Uh, is it four? It's now four on the consensus line. It was four and a half with with juice. Is it? But I'm. I want to know about my bookie, our our sponsor. Oh sponsor. well, we have to look then. Okay. I, he, regardless of whether it's four or four and a half, while you look, I want to talk about the Cardinals a little bit. That game was the perfect four. game. Okay, it's four. We still. I still like the, the Cardinals. The model likes the Cardinals. Yep. And this is the perfect game, I think, to bet the Cardinals. I'm going to get destroyed for this. <laughs> this. I'm going to be so wrong here. This is a perfect game to bet the Cardinals. They played the Seahawks, who are an average NFL team, maybe a little below average, depending on whatever. They played a real NFL team. Okay, They lost. And, but covered the late spread. The, yeah, but the point is, they lost that game at home, but their quarterback played really, really well. They now play a 49ers team that gave it everything they had to try and beat a Chargers team were unable to do so. Their quarterback got banged up. They are banged up in many different places. They have a not-so-great defense. And C.J. Beathard is not great. The idea that these quarterbacks are on anywhere near the same playing field is hilarious to me. Josh Rosen was really good. C.J. Beathard was, eh, whatever. He's C.J. Beathard. You're taking the better quarterback with potentially the better supporting cast here for you to say that San Francisco has a drastically better supporting cast than the Cardinals I think is a little bit of a stretch offensive line certainly uh take the Cardinals yeah I mean Rosen's pass rating when pressured this year is 25.1 that has to that has to regress yes you know towards 50 at least and then you look at his pass rating with clean it's a buck 10.2 and like obviously the, the Cardinals offensive line is is one of the worst, if not the worst, in the league. But as we've seen before with Houston, for example, you can scheme around that to to some degree. And you know, I, as you said, I think Beathard, the San Francisco put everything into that game last week, and it just came up short, despite having a defensive touchdown, despite a, a long touchdown to Kittle. I think things even out a little bit this weekend. There's, in my opinion, no reason why one of these teams should be considered more highly than the other. I think they're even teams, in which case, you know, it should be about three-point spread. We told you to take this game on Monday. You have gotten four and a half. If it ends up four, I'm sorry. The, Josh Rosen made five big-time throws, did not have a single turnover-worthy throw in that game. You know who else did that this week? Jared Goff. Yep, correct. How did you know that? Have I told uh, you that already? Only only seventeen only times. seventeen times. Uh, the fact of the matter is, he looked way better than the numbers would would dictate on the back end of that. They ended up losing the game. Cardinals take the Cardinals. A new era is beginning in Arizona. Whew. All right, let's talk about one more. 
Maybe two. Let's go to Houston. No. On purpose. No. On purpose. Why? <laughs> Why would we do that? So we have, yeah, so the Texans are currently three and a half point favorites at home against the Dallas Cowboys team that just won at home against Detroit. We like, we're going to lean oh. towards oh. the better running back in this game, which is Ezekiel Elliott and the Dallas Cowboys. Deshaun Watson is a 10 times better running back than Zeke Elliott. Wow. Wow. You know Zeke Elliott? For all that he's done this year, gaining yards after contact, he's got a couple fumbles, got a couple penalties, mm-hmm. he's allowed three pressures, he's got a drop. Like, he's been good There's running. nothing more to running back play than running no, the football, George. Nothing else. And, and the, but the thing is, so here's the thing. So everyone's like, oh, you hate Zeke. I don't hate Zeke. Zeke's fine. Whatever. The reason they have a successful running game is that last season averaged about 1.3 yards before contact, bottom of the league. This year, back to 2.2 yards yep. before contact. That's offensive line. They're playing. They played better in that last game, albeit <laughs> against the Lions. So that's saying nothing. But here's the thing: uh, this is now three and a half. This is simply the line is the way it is because Deshaun Watson played well, and he did play well. He was great. But the Texans' defense remains not great. The Texans won that game as as much because Deshaun Watson was great as it was because the defense got handed two turnovers yeah. inside the five. That's 14 points right there. That's why the Texans won that game, or else they'd be 0-4. I always like I like that what you said a couple weeks ago, talking about a college game. A team that sort of wins a game they almost don't deserve to win gets that sort of sigh of relief. That's unwarranted. That's unwarranted. To say that the Texans are a better team than the Cowboys is catastrophically terrible to me the Cowboys I think have a top five defense in the NFL well speaking of defenses you said the secondary for the Houston Texans what's secondary Aaron Colvin's out with an ankle Kevin Johnson's been out for a while what Jonathan Joseph Sharice Wright what secondary both questionable they should put they should if there's really an issue there DeAndre Hopkins has played I think more snaps than just about anybody at his position since the end of the league they should see if he can play double that and put him at corner I mean, Dion did it for he Dallas. He can't be worse. Yeah, and then here's the other thing. We talked about this briefly in the last game. Prescott, the difference between his pass rating when clean and when pressured is twice the difference between Watson's when clean and when pressured. We would expect, we would expect Prescott's to converge a little bit, um, especially with the secondary that, you know, Houston's going to have to bring pressure. Like, they mm-hmm. did la- like we said last week, they try to bring pressure via the Blitz, one of the top five teams in the league. When you leave those secondary players on an island, that's where we're going to see Dak. I think you know we, we saw Michael Gallup emerge a little bit last week. We saw Zeke catch the football out of the backfield. Yeah. This defense is super vulnerable, and I don't really care about the fact that they won a kind of a fluky game at home or on the road last week against Indianapolis with respect to Usually this Usually Sean Lee bang out is a death knell. Leighton Vandrash has been better than Sean Lee this season. Yeah. Better. Like dramatically better. Leighton Vandrash has been very good. And... Um, the the Texans have no one on the secondary they can cover. They also don't have a linebacker they can cover. Yeah. So I think this is an, an opportunity for Zeke actually to make an impact. Blaze Pascal was catching touchdowns against Houston last, last week. Last thing I'll mention <laughs> is that they get David Irving back. Even if he plays 15 snaps, that offensive line is so bad. That could be huge. The, the thing that I love about the Cowboys, they can cover on the back end. They don't blitz, and they still get pressure. Demarcus Lawrence is a beast. David Irving is a beast. And Byron Jones is the best cornerback in the NFL right now. Guy was the thing, not targeted. The thing I like, so post-Royd suspension, David Irving is the best version of Are David Irving. Are you kidding me? It's, it's a cheat code, man. Julian Edelman, we didn't talk about Julian Edelman. He's going to be fantastic tonight. 
absolutely fantastic. All right, we got to wrap this up. Um, there are like six more games that I like here. I really like this slate, which means 0-15. I can't wait. Very excited about it. Make sure that you play some bets and do it for a good cause. Bet against, unfortunately, our lock of the week has just been blowing it in the last week, giving up two touchdowns. But we still have to donate our, our week, first win uh, one, yeah. when, the, when the Patriots covered. Uh, so we'll make sure we do that. Nice little $100 going to F Cancer Up. I won't make you edit that out. All righty. Uh, we'll see you guys on Sunday night, Monday morning. Weary, tired. Be well. <laughs>